0: You are listening to Normalized Crime, an in-depth look at gang life and all the effects that come along with it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Normalized Crime. I'm Eric. What's going on, Bardo here? And we're back with another episode, and we have our first topic from one of our Patreon members. So for anybody that doesn't know, at at the highest tier of the Patreon... Which I can't think of the
1: name of it right now, Berto. Do you know the name of... Uh, no. No, I, but it's the I, I, highest it's like, here. Yeah, it might be the Inca one. It might be the Inca one, I think. I don't know.
0: I don't think it is. I thought there was one higher than that. But uh,
1: either way, it doesn't matter. At this level,
0: every 30 days, the member can request a topic for an episode. So, Berto, what did our our Patreon member request for this month?
1: Um. So... <clears throat> First of all, like people are going to notice my voice is probably a little raspy. I'm just getting over your basic uh seasonal change cold. So, I apologize. But um the topic that he wanted us to talk about was it's a good one. Uh he he basically I'm paraphrasing here, but he wants to know, you know, during during my era, um who were the the rival gang members that were i guess equivalent to me and the crew that i was with as far as violence goes you know like within each gang you know who were the guys that uh that were you know really really <clears throat> violent people and it's a really good question because as i've always said there's always those guys you know that were hmm. you know we we were we were uh always conscious of them you know and um you know like i've mentioned before it, as much as As much as we felt like we dominated streets at the time, you know, uh, we also weren't idiots. You know, we knew that there's a rivalry because there's people on the other side of it, you know. So we definitely had guys that uh, we were conscious of and we knew about. And and I probably got a few stores. But um, did you have any insight on that topic before I get started? No, go for it. Jump right into it. All right. So... One of the big names that always pops up, right? And and there's there's more than one, right? There's there's within each gang, there's more than one. But I just try to be, I try to simplify it and just think of one for each gang to be fair, right? So the first one that popped out for me was this guy LF Shorty. (laughs) He had a he had a run where he was really known, you know, and uh, we remember him well, and we had a lot of confrontations with him, and and so. He was one guy that was always ready to go um, when it came to that gang banging. He was never like, you know, he never folded up on his crew or none of that. At least while we were around and that rivalry started early, man. I remember when I first started hanging out with um, with Ernest. You know, when I before, right before I came to, I was on Walker because I met the Walkers through Ernest, right. We used to be over there <clears throat> on 14th and and uh, it's like, I think it was like Rogers and uh, the dude LF Shorty used to talk to one of the girls that lived in the same neighborhood, you know, right on the same block. So I used to see him and this is before I was re- like really, really active or gangbanging. And, and I was like, okay, like I started hearing about him. And then once I started like, you know, like representing, like I started like, you know, tagging and like, you know, kind of that's where the confrontation started. Like, you know, putting up gang signs and disrespecting LF and, and that's where the kind of rivalry started. Like he wouldn't be around there anymore because he knew that there would be there would be guys over there. <clears throat> but he would also, you know, he would also try to he would try to catch you. One time <clears throat> he got us, right? He shot at us, but it wasn't really significant and, and I'll tell you why. Uh so <clears throat> and it was a really ballsy, it was really ballsy of him to do it, but it, it wasn't uh, anything significant. So I was with uh I was with Fro Ballone and and um the girl that I told you we used to call her "Chill," right? And I think I want to say it was <clears throat> it was around the same time. It might have been even the same night. Uh, I, I mentioned on one of my Patreon episodes about about a, an incident that that happened with Tommy Guns, and it might have been that same night because it was the same people. Um, but, anyways, it, you know, we had been drinking all night. I can't even remember where we were going. It was probably about seven in the morning the the sun was up you know like we had been drinking and i think we were we were probably going somewhere to crash out to be honest with you like that was probably where we were going cuz uh, <clears throat> i i vaguely i vaguely remember going anywhere of importance but we had just drove past second district on lincoln right so we're really close and we get down to the stoplight we get down to the stoplight and we see the guy lf shorty standing right on the corner broad daylight uh we don't have a gun on us it's it, but it's 3 of us so like when we see him like we had to kind of double take you know cuz like to see somebody like that just on a bus stop corner you know <clears throat> and have the opportunity to get him you know it's kind of it's kind of rare right it's you know now all things being considered second district is right there <clears throat> so we're thinking about that we're thinking about okay we also know who this guy is we know we know what kind of guy he is we know that he's probably you know he's probably strapped and we weren't, right? So any other time, this is this is where the respect comes in when it comes to the rival gangs that were in the street, rival gang members that were in the street like we were. This is where the respect level comes in because any other time had we seen somebody who I mean we were really looking to get, there would be no hesitation. You would just we would have just probably jumped out the car and ran up on them and 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 started, you know, trying to probably trying to whoop them, right? Probably trying to beat <laughs> him up. But because we knew this guy was in the street. Like, you know, I knew he was in the street like how, how I was. You know, Fro was 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 one of the guys, he was around guys that were getting down a lot too. You know, like I said, Fro wasn't necessarily known for being somebody who was blazing guys up and shooting all the time, but, but he was around a lot of guys that were. Bellone wasn't really known for that at all. So it was really me that had, you know, knowledge about what this guy was probably capable of. And I'm like, yo, like, this dude's probably strapped, you know. He didn't see us yet, man. We're, we're sitting at the light. <clears throat> and I don't know, it just happened. He just scanned over and he looked at the car. I mean, we're the only car at the light, right? It's like seven in the morning, but it's a Saturday morning or something like that. So it's not like there's a bunch of cars out on the street. And when he seen us, obviously he didn't immediately recognize anybody in the car, but he's seen the kind of, what was in the car, you know, and we're, to be fair, we're like in a, in a big body old school, you know, uh, it was like a box something. It wasn't, I don't want to say it was, it was some form of, it looked like a Chevy, but it, I don't know. It was her car. But, um. so he's seen like, and it's a bunch of guys in this old school car, like mentally as a shooter, as a gunner, you're automatically, your, your radar goes up. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. so when he's seen that, he like flipped, he had his hood over his head. He flipped his hood down and pulled his gun out. And so I'm like, damn, you know, like we already know this dude, he's, he's, he's on the corner, but he's not, um, he's not directly on the corner next to us, to be fair. He's like, uh, he's like kitty corner from us, put it like that. So we're going his way, um, but across the street. And so, and so he's, he's still a little distance away. But he's basically letting whoever know in the car, if you want to do anything like, you know, <clears throat> I'm ready type type of deal. Right. And so <clears throat> we kind of just drove. We drove by him. We drove by him a little, you know, a little slow and just kind of looked at him. He had his gun in his hand. And when he seen me in the backseat, to be fair, when he seen me in the back seat, his demeanor changed. You know, he kind of started looking around. He's looking up and down the street. And then we were probably like a good half of the half of the block down. And then he shot. You know, he shot like twice at us, you know. But <clears throat> that's why I said it wasn't of anything significant because, you know, he could have he could have lit the car up, but he didn't. So, but that was the kind of that was that was the kind of guy that uh, you know, we gave him that respect. And to his credit, you know, in some in some in some ways, he stood up to it. Um, now, obviously, that wasn't the only incident, but it's the only incident where he's actually, he, he's actually ever shot at me. That's the only time. So there's been times where, obviously, I shot at him. Um, one of the times was when I was on 6th Street and I got charged. I got charged for, I've I, I told this story before, where the unknown actually got shot. Um, and they were with the LFs. And Shorty was out there. Um, obviously he didn't get hit. Um, and, and there's, there's, there's like some other small incidents, right? But there's a, there's a couple incidents that were major that are worth mentioning because we were after this dude, like we wanted him, like, you know, we wanted, we wanted this guy dead and, and he was a threat to us. One time my brother, my brother called him. This is how you know God is real. Um, in, in certain instances because he protects people's lives too, you know? not just, uh, not just ours. <laughs> so my brother, um, another, another similar time, right. Early in the morning, this happened to us a lot. You know, we'd run into guys like this on a fluke, you know, from, from being somewhere to the, the, the night before. And we're just, you know, going in somewhere else and my brother seen him broad daylight and I'd have to, I'd have to really get the details, um, again, to remember how the, the, the situation played out but the the gist of the story is that my brother chased him right and he's chasing him and he's he's within five feet of him i'd say five feet six feet of him and my brother pulls out a 44 right a revolver mm-hmm. and he's got it aimed directly at you know the middle of the back middle of his back you know like would blow out through the front of his chest because a 4-4 four, four revolver that's it you know like one of those is gonna is gonna is gonna is going to do some damage. Mm-hmm. And my brother pulls the trigger, nothing. Click. Pulls the trigger. Click. You know, um it's dry firing and it's not it's not hitting. When my brother stops to like adjust the gun, he's, you know, the shorty takes off and he's gone, you know. My brother's like in shock, you know. So definitely got saved that time. Um <clears throat> not so lucky the next time. So we had a guy, right? I believe he was Toot's cousin, he's related to Toot in some way, distant distant cousins. <clears throat> and uh I believe he came from California. Hence is why we nicknamed him Cali. So um but Cali used to be around 19th a lot and uh excuse me, to be fair, I feel like we bred him, you know. Uh he 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 learned from he learned a lot from 19th Street. He was always around us. Um, and when I say us, I mean me, Tim, two, you know, the guys I always talk about. Um, and and he became pretty violent. And this dude, Cali, man, you know, right now he's he's doing double life for he killed two Spanish Cobras. So obviously it carried over. <clears throat> but uh, this is what this is like his coming out party, so to speak. Um, obviously, because it was LF Shorty. Uh, I believe it was my brother. It's my brother or two. They seen him. They seen LF Shorty, and he was like sitting on somebody's porch They tell Callie to go take care of that. Sure enough, man, Callie, you know, he kind of did what he was taught, man. He crept through the gangway, and <clears throat> he didn't do a drive-by. And he popped out on him, and he shot him probably seven, eight times, you know, got him. He, he shot him with a, I think, with a nine. And uh, I think LF Shorty even had a gun on him when he was getting shot. You know, he was just caught off guard, and it happened so fast. But he survived.
0: He survived?
1: Yeah, yeah, he survived that. And um, that was probably the most significant time that he was ever got. We felt like we got him, and he survived, man. And um, I guess the ending to his story is a little unique, too, uh, to kind of – go ahead, go ahead, ask the question.
0: Well, I was just curious, so it does – is he around after this shooting? Like like does he come back and still be play a character in things or is that kind of the end of
1: LF Shorty? So oddly enough he did. And I don't know if this was before or after this transition because it's a little foggy um around this time. I remember I had been in and out, <clears throat> but there was a point in time where LF Shorty actually ended up becoming an LP from my understanding, which is a, a completely different gang. But I guess he had got into like some <clears throat> altercation with his own kind and, and ended up hanging out with those guys. So that was, I, I don't know if that was before or after he got shot, but he was obviously always still a rival. Um, no matter what, even if, um, <clears throat> I think we didn't care who he was going to be. He was always going to be a rival to us. Not a hundred percent sure on that, but, uh, he was definitely significant still after that, but uh, his end game, I guess, um, it's kind of sad. From my understanding, he was charged with a bunch of like rape cases and he's doing a hundred years up north or something. Yeah. So his, his story changed dramatically.
0: No, I mean, it is a sad story in a way, but it's
1: also, if he really did do it, it's not so sad. <laughs> oh no, one hundred percent. I meant sad in, in that it took that turn, you know? <laughs>
0: Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying.
1: <laughs> I guess it's the one time I'm condoning gang or uh, yeah, I'm condoning gang banging. Right. Like, I'd rather have him be a gang member than you know to go that route. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that <clears throat> that was him. Uh, what what are what questions you got for that guy?
0: I that's pretty one's pretty straightforward. Um, kind of talk a little bit about it. So how? So like you, it obviously was it. So were there just basically gang members that that if you saw him in the street, you, you didn't have a gun, you didn't care because you knew, OK, that guy's not going to be packed. And it was, you know, you knew you were safe. Or was it if you ever saw a rival gang member, like you said, you you assumed that he would be packed in the f- first part of the story,
1: you well, know, listen, would have a gun on um to be fair. Right. <clears throat> Situationally. Even if we were apprehensive about a guy we knew would shoot at us, <clears throat> it's not like we would never attack. It, it, it's, it was all about the situation that was in front of you, right? So that situation right there, all the things considered, when it when my when when Shorty ended up shooting at us, it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't convenient for us. Um and so situationally we were we were we were at a, a really big disadvantage. But had it been a different environment, a different place, whether we had a gun or not. It wouldn't have dictated what we would have tried to do to that guy, you know, because who knows if we get our hands on him, whether he's got a gun or not, it doesn't matter. You know, we take it from him or whatever the case may be like it could happen. You know, Um, you you don't really think about that. You just act, you know. So um, situationally is always going to be what really matters, you know, because as wild and as dumb as we were, we were still, you know, a little bit smart about the decisions we were making, you know, when it came to jeopardizing our life.
0: So going back to that first story, it was more about where he was and what was going on around you that made you just drive, you know, slow down, but drive past rather than take action. Basically it wasn't so much who it was. It
1: was just the surroundings basically at that moment in time. Well, who it was played a role into us analyzing that situation, you know, but, but at the same time, Had it been just a regular Joe Blow, it might not even have been important enough for us to get out and do anything, you know? So it just depends, man. All right, so the next guy, man, um, this dude I mentioned in a couple of my stories. I don't know if I called him out by name, but it was this guy, MP Tiger. There was actually a little tiger and a big tiger, so I don't know. I just know it was Tiger. I don't know. He was the guy who was of outside a liquor store when me and Mondi and Tim came outside the liquor store. Okay. I remember um, this story. Yeah. He was that guy. He was also the guy who shot at <clears throat> me and Joey when we were going to play basketball. I mentioned okay. that story before. So needs to say, he's gotten off on a couple of times. I shot at him before, um, but it was more of a, uh, it was a crowd, right? So he was with a, he was with a, a couple other guys. Um, but individually, I never, I never, he was pretty elusive, bro. You know, he, uh, he was pretty smart in how he moved as well when it came to the street. One time he was actually almost got right. And this is before we really knew who he was, had we knew who he was, this is one of those times where had we knew who he was, you know, maybe he's dead, maybe, who knows? Cause, um. One time he came and and uh, somehow he ended up getting invited to uh, <clears throat> uh, Toot's cousin's house, right? It was Toot's cousin lived on like 35th and Lincoln. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, they, there would be like little get togethers over there and, and we would be invited sometimes, you know, not like big groups of brothers, but just, you know, like, like Toot because he was family and then like a couple of his close friends, you know? So it would usually be like me and Tim or, you know, like it just... The guys, he was always around. <clears throat> but anyways, at this time, he was over there. Uh, he didn't have none of the guys with him. He was just there by himself. and uh, But he had our 45 on him. And so whoever was there, one of the girls that were there or something, <clears throat> they bring the guy Tiger. And like I said, Tooth didn't know who he was at the time. And he ended up, you know, like just... You know, through the natural, uh, organic, I guess, conversation of the party, finding out that he was an MP, and toot and the 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 guy Tigers over there sitting on the couch, and so Toots like, what? You know, once he heard it, like, listen, Toot was a hundred miles an hour, all the time, <laughs> and um, so he went right over there, man, and you know, we asked him like, you an MP, though, and the the you know, to his credit, he was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm MP Tiger, you know? And now this is a party, you know, and this is like Toot's family party. It's not even, it's not like a gang party. Toot pulled the gun out and put it right on his forehead, right there in front of everybody. And, uh, you know, obviously his family starts screaming, you know, oh my God, Toot you know, and and, uh, the girl he was with, It's like, please don't, please don't. I'm sorry. I should have never brought him. And, you know, the dude, the dude Tiger, I guess, you know, this is, this is Toot telling me this, you know, he was just kind of looking, you know, obviously he was scared, but what could he do? You know, he was, he was basically, he was got. And so now it's on Toot to make a decision. was he kill this guy in front of all his family and uh, never have a chance of getting away with it? Because obviously not all of the people there are his family. Or does he let him go? And he did what. I think any rational person would do, he let him go. You know, there was nothing really he could do in that situation. Um, Family environment, family house. And this is why it was a mistake um, all the way around for the person that brought that guy. You know, for two, even having to address it. But he did what anybody would do. But the mistake was, is the guy left. Now, Tiger... Being represented as one of the guys, obviously you know there's a reason why he's represented uh, by by you know why I'm saying he represents those guys. Why I'm saying he represents the MPs as one of the guys that was in the street is because what he does next is obviously he doesn't just let that go. You know he did what any of us would have done. Uh, he came back
0: to the and party, he came back, or- and he came
1: back, and he came back with his guys, and he came back with guns. To this yes, party to the, or, or yes, just, yes, wow. yes, wow, party. Okay, so he leaves he comes back, and now by the time he comes back, though, the party kind of died down, so it's not as many people there anymore. <clears throat> kind of just Toot and his cousins. And um, at this time, you know, it's not music or nothing going on, it's kind of winding down. And, and Toot told me, he's like, Bro, I seen the car pull up. He's like, So we turned off the lights, you know, he's like, and uh, you know, the dude, there's like three of them, they go to the back door. He's like, and the dude Tiger's like trying to open up the door, trying to get in the door, man. And, you know, luckily the back door was locked. And, you know, when he couldn't get in, <clears throat> they just went to the front of the house. And uh, they started shooting up the whole house, man. Three people with guns shooting up the house. Boom, 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 boom. You know, tooting them are in there, tooting the family. And luckily nobody was hurt. But so, I mean, that goes to show, man, like, you know, there's there's dudes out there that got, <clears throat> you know, they got no... uh. They got no conscience neither, man. When it comes to certain times, man, and he felt like he was wrong. Obviously, he had a gun on his forehead. <clears throat> you know, he was uh, he was looking for vengeance. You know, um, and so, you know, he gave us some smoke. You know, uh, we we definitely uh, <clears throat> we definitely returned it. Um, and this is this is part of the game, right? This is part of the game. You know, usually, the guys that are known to be gunners and clicks you know they're not the ones that that get hit a lot they're not the ones that that uh, you know they're they're not out there ducking is what we call it and so he was elusive he was hard to catch you know and that's what makes him even even noteworthy here is is you know it wasn't like we had a bunch of a bunch of clean shots at him but with that being said the underlings or the people around him those guys end up being the targets you know because if we can't find him then we're just finding any MPs mm you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, we did that a lot. And, and so that kind of falls back into your last question about the last guy <clears throat> about the fact that we know him and how is that, how does that change? Yeah. It's not that if we don't know him, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're soft. It just means that, you know, we'd be more willing to, to, to be a little more as less, you know, a little less cautious with them. You know, we'd still be smart, but we'd approach the situation, you know what I mean? And, and, and we'd attack a uh, uh, definitely, but it's a little different when you know somebody. It just has a different effect. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, man, that's the that's the unfortunate part about about some of these stories is that, you know, the game kind of gets everybody, right? Like uh, like Shorty, right? Like, you know, maybe none of us got of got him individually, like me, Tim, or Toot. And we were the guys that he had a lot of problems with, but cali got him, you know? And and maybe he didn't get maybe he never got me, Tim, or Toot personally, but maybe he shot you know somebody that we knew, or shot at somebody we knew. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how mm-hmm. it goes. Like when guys are known for being out there, like the laws of average are. Eventually, you're going to get somebody, or you're. You know what I mean? But, but the but the ones who are a little more elusive. You know that's why they're recognized for that. So you got anything on that one?
0: <clears throat> yeah. So so this it's Tiger, right? I got the name. Yeah. Right. So yeah, Tiger yep. comes into this this party, and I assume. I mean, you were there too. Was there? No there was probably more Latin Kings there.
1: No, yeah. I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Okay. So That's
0: this, was just, this was just literally to his family. Yeah. This Tutanis was just and his fa- family. Yeah. Okay. 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 This, this makes more sense because I'm like, w- I mean, give me this scenario. Like you walk into a situation like this. Are you going to, are you, go- because he obviously must've walked in and knew Toot wasn't a Latin King. Right. 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 I mean, right. W- I, would you have just, stayed there because i guess i my my default would be like yeah this probably isn't the best place for me
1: right so okay so a couple things here mps were notoriously known for like being party crashers like they would just round up 10 15 guys and show up to a random quinceanera and just be there you know and if the families that were there didn't kick them out they just kind of infiltrated the parties and ended up being part of the parties. I remember they tried to do that one time to uh, <clears throat> to Mondi's uh, mom's wedding. <clears throat> uh, we were on 13th and Lincoln, and they just showed up, and we had to like, you know, it was like a standoff. Like, dude, you guys got to go, you know? And it was one of those situations where we thought they were going to be outside waiting for us, you know, but they weren't. And so uh, – And this was just a thing they did to people, not yeah. necessarily to other gang members or anything. Yeah, it was this is just – just- yeah, this was just the people in general, and I mean, if it happened to be other gang members, then obviously problems started. But so they were known for that kind of mantra. Um, in this in this specific situation, though, I think he was just talking to a girl, and she was just like, "Yo, I, I got it, you know, as a family party." Because I'm sure he did his due diligence. You know, he's probably like, "Yo, like, is there gonna be gang members there?" Like, you know, for guys that are known to be in the street, like they're not going to be dumb and just go to any place, you know? Mm -hmm. And when he walked in, he probably felt like, Oh, it's just a party, like a family atmosphere, you know? And that's why he was just sitting on the couch chilling. He probably had a beer to be (laughs) honest with you, you know? And so, um, yeah, so, so he, he probably didn't, there was probably no sensors going up, you know? And until two walked over there, he probably had no idea what was going on. So yeah, I, I would have probably done the same thing he did, you know. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I just, I just thought about some uh, a story where I believe a uh, Tiger was there. But you, you have to remember, Tiger was was a respected guy over there, and um, <clears throat> you know, especially I remember at this point, this is right before I got locked up the first time. <clears throat> Tiger had been around for a while, so I'm sure he wasn't necessarily like he didn't have to be in the street a lot. And I say that because I remember one time I went to a party with, with Lil Mike, it was me, Lil Mike and his cousin, Chris, I think was his name. Super cool guy. And, um, I haven't mentioned Lil Mike a lot, but he was from 19th street as well. He's an older guy. <clears throat> and so we went, he, Mike, uh, Mike came over. He's like, yo, there's a party right across the street. And he came over by Rick's house. And he's like, "There's a party across the street. You know, let's go, let's go check it out. So I'm like, all right. <clears throat> so I grabbed my gun and <clears throat> this is one of them instances <laughs> where, you know, you, I walked in with little Mike and Chris going before me, you know, and we walk into the house. And as soon as I walk in, I look to my right and there's a living room full of MPs. Like there's like four or five of them on the couch right there. I can see them <clears throat> and I can see, I can see Tiger like in the chair by himself. And like immediately those guys stood up and I, I'm not even all the way in the doorway yet, you know, like, <laughs> and, uh, and, and Mike turns around and looks at me and okay so let me this this is going to sound it's not intended to sound bad but it makes a difference so lil mike he looks black you know and and so that when 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 guys see him the first thing they don't think the first thing they think is not latin king
0: you right. know
1: unless unless you know who he is and so and then his cousin chris is also light skinned you know and he's and and um he's like a light skinned black guy too you know when those two guys walk in, there's not an issue, but then I walk in behind. Now, obviously I'm not, I don't look like a, the true Mexican, but you know, cause I'm, I'm, I'm light skinned, but I'm really, really known at this time, you know, mm-hmm. and me and my brother, obviously we look alike at this time. And so we're really, really known, especially to these guys. We were, we are terrorizing these guys. And so they immediately stand up when they see me. And, um, and I kind of like, I put my back foot back out the door right away. Right. And little Mike looks at me and I'm like, yo, we got to go. So, Lil Mike's like, what? And he sees those dudes and he steps out. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, bro, those are all MPs right there. And whoever invited Little Mike to the party was right there at the door. And Little Mike's talking to him, like, yo, there's gonna be an issue. And he's like, you guys probably shouldn't come in. And um, so little Mike's like, all right, whatever. So we we walk away, right? And you know, obviously all those dudes are like going because the kitchen is where the entrance is at. So all those dudes are starting to congregate toward the kitchen. Um, while we're walking down the steps and they're like looking at us, you know what I'm saying? And, um, <clears throat> so we get to the, we, we walk out and obviously I'm on, you know, I'm on full alert. I got my gun in my hand the whole time. When I tell little Mike, I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm not just going to walk away from this. Right. <laughs> like, <you> know, like <laughs> he's like, all right. He's like, whatever, do what you got to do. And so him and Chris take off and I go back to the, to the gangway. And um, this is a this is actually a trick Black hat taught me. So so I grab a brick and I throw a brick through the window. And the reason why you do that is you got a bunch of guys who just seen a gang member and all that testosterone is built up. And I just threw a brick through the window. The last thing they're thinking is that I got a gun. They're just coming out there to didn't tumble it. me because I just threw a brick through their window. And as soon as they open up the door to come out there, I let them all have it. You know, I start shooting. Boom, 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 boom. And uh Black Hat actually taught me that because when I got shot, he did that um because he thought it was it was he thought it was somebody who it wasn't. And um, but they were still rivals, they were still they were still flakes, and, and he did that. They were at a party and he he bricked the window and they all came out and he shot at him. But anyways, that was uh off on a tangent. But so so yeah, man, so I've had incidents with Tiger, man, you know, and um <clears throat> And he's had he's had the one up on us a few times, you know. Um, he could have got us, you know. Like I said, he could have killed us right there on, on Oklahoma that one time. I don't think we could have made it. There was nowhere, I, I don't think, well, maybe, you know, obviously you never know, somebody could survive, but there was nowhere for us to go. I remember he had us dead to rights. Um, and even when he shot at us over there on 23rd, um, if he would have played it a little bit better, he probably could have got closer to us, to me and Joey. Uh, but, yeah, so definitely a rivalry. Any, anything on that one? No, no, I'm <clears throat> I'm good. Um as far as an update, I'm not sure. I heard he uh I heard he was locked up for some some other things too. I don't know. Nothing nothing really sticks out, so I don't know where that guy's at. Um <clears throat> the next guy is kinda 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 known. Um and that's two one forrest. Forrest was a guy that a lot of people knew. I I can't say he was really known for being a stone cold shooter, you know, but to be fair, I don't really know a lot of, I don't really know uh, any specific to one who was really known for that element. Um, Because a lot of those guys were like hustlers, you know, they were more about trying to make money. And, and um, I can't recall anybody that was like full blown. I know like Tommy guns had a, a, like a personal rivalry with one of the two ones. Um, maybe it was Smurf or something like that. And I think Tommy might've shot him and he shot at Tommy. And there, so there was a back and forth there, but um, I, I just remember Forrest because of his name recognition, um, he was one of those guys and he was, you know, when he was out, like he was recognizable, had long hair, like really, really loud, boisterous guy. And so he, he, he was, he was well-known. And from my understanding, the, the guys that he was cool with, they loved him, right? So he uh he he was known in that sense. Um but he was also known for like giving giving the brothers health he had opportunity to. I had an incident with him personally. Obviously I got when I got the 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 I got charged with uh with shooting at him on thirteenth and Beecher. Uh, I I mentioned that story before when when I was with Snuff and I pulled up next to him. And and, um, that was when I got shot at with the thirty thirty when we were trying to get away. But that was Forrest in the truck that I shot at. And then there was another time uh, we shot at him. Um, He was completely ducking, meaning he was just, he was walking by himself down a random street and we happened to pull up on him. And and one of the guys jumped out and, and shot at him with the Ruger. But it was one of them times uh, I was kind of upset. It was my boy, Dez. I was kind of upset because I felt like he wasn't really shooting at him. He, he was trying to look cool. Like he had a blunt mm-hmm. in his mouth and it, it was just, it was just, it, it wasn't a good look. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so the forest guy, he was, he was, uh, and that was one of them where even though he was known, there was never, he never caught any of us individually. Um, he never, he never really had a, a good lick on any of us, so to speak. But, you know, to be fair, Uh, maybe, maybe there's somebody that had a lot more issues with two ones individually, but I feel like our era, our crew, um, we didn't really concern ourselves with them dudes as much sometimes because they predominantly stayed in their neighborhood, you know? So yeah, you could go find them if you were looking for them, you know, you can go to 21st street, but it wasn't like they were really, really all over the South side during our era. You know, there were a lot of different, uh, Little crews popping up. I think we I mentioned the SGDs and and obviously, you know, just a transition into this guy is is uh was Chuck D. You know, he was an MLD at one time and he ended up being the leader of the SGDs. Sad story. Uh the guy Forrest, he actually ended up getting killed too. And, you know, obviously, you know, there's really no uh I don't think anybody was ever charged for it. Or if there was, I don't know who it was, but um <clears throat> yeah, from my understanding he got killed by somebody who was uh you know, not necessarily a rival gang member or anything like that. But but yeah, so the guy Chuck D though, he ended up taking over the SGDs. Like I said, they they kind of infiltrated that that area over there on 15th and Mitchell. Once Chuck D took over, man, they 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 definitely were out there a lot more. They were they were more active. And the guy Chuck D was a he was a no nonsense kind of dude, man. Like he he definitely he hated Kings. I told a story of I told a story on the Patreon, so guys are gonna have to go over there to, to hear it. Um, but he had a, uh, a a nice rivalry with the guy Tommy Guns too. A funny story about that, but <clears throat> but yeah. So um, I think I mentioned before one time he got us. Well, he didn't necessarily get us, but he was trying to get us because we bricked his car. Me, Black Hat, and Mario. Um, I, I bricked his car on like thirteenth in in, in <laughs> Greenfield. We seen him driving, and we pegged him. Man, we had like two big ass bricks. And we pegged the side of his car, and he did like a U turn and came back. But we thought he had a gun, you know, so we took mm-hmm. off. But yeah, we I, we had that. I told you about the time before where he chased us in the taxi when we drove up, and we threw <laughs> drinks at them outside. We threw the drinks out the taxi, and they, he tried to chase us on a bike. That shit was funny. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had like we had incidents with the dude, you know, and obviously like we you know all oh, the one time with Paulino when he he, he was. He pulled the gun out on, on Mitchell and was gonna shoot at us. But he did Okay, that
0: that was Chuck um, D. Okay.
1: That's probably yeah, why that I remember that name is is yeah, from that story. So Yeah, that was Chuck D. So we've had incidents with the dude, you know. Um, but he was he was he was known to to never to never back down, yo. That's that's one thing about about him, you know. Another it's just another instance where he wasn't ever personally uh, responsible for, for getting a hold of none of us, but but he would um he would definitely attack kings in general. I know Lawrence got shot over there uh, one time on by by the S.G.D.s. He got he actually got shot. Funny story. He actually got shot in the hand while he was throwing up the crown, like banging on him. <laughs> it, it, well, it, well, it went through his wrist. To be fair, it went through his wrist. Well, that um, sounds even worse, man. Well, yeah, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's there's serious. less bone probably there. So that was probably the know. one time where they—that was probably the one time where they actually they hit something. Um, was then, aside from Snuff's car when they lit us up with the thirty thirty. <laughs> so so yeah, that, that's that's Chuck D man. I kind of I, I put Forrest in there too because I feel like those are two guys who don't have a lot of stories where they um they necessarily targeted us and and hit us. Uh, there, there's there's guys that have been responsible for shooting at us but they're not always the most noteworthy guys because we weren't easily accessible to a lot of people. You know, we weren't always putting ourselves in positions where we had to, we were getting shot at. Um, so you got anything on those? So the one I find the most fascinating so far that you've talked about is
0: this Forrest because you said he's not really known as a shooter. And, right. and you talked about a little bit about how like the people that knew him really respected him and stuff like that. But How did he ever get onto you guys' radar?
1: So he was an older name, um, meaning that he was, I don't know if he was one of the original two ones, but he was probably in the generation following the originals if he wasn't, you know? And so those guys, they weren't really like universally known for that kind of like gunplay, you know? And I, I knew a lot of them. Yeah, not personally. I didn't have relationships with any of them, right? But, but I'm saying, like, I knew of a, a lot of them, you know. And even the older ones that like we talked about them with, with, with Chewy, with like Polo and 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 Bronco and Poncho, and then and then Dina and Waco and and uh, uh, Darnell and K Dog, and like there was a bunch of dudes that were known as far as within the gang, but none of them were ever just like no known, known for being a gunner. I think there was one dude that i was talking with a guy i was talking with one of my guys about the other day his name was like t-mac or something or t-man 2-1 t-man and he was wild they said he was wild but he ended up like shooting at a cop or something and his reign didn't last long you know um so so basically so i think so i think Forrest came on our radar just based on out of you know he was he was he was like it was like uh I don't want to say a party name, but something like that, right? Like people knew about him. You know, he was kind of he was like one of them dudes that was was in more than one circle. You know, like he would hang out over here, hang out over there. Oh, All fours, fours. You know what I mean? And then it kind of became always oh, a two one. Okay, yeah. And then and then he would fight guys. It wasn't like like I said, it wasn't like he was a he was a gunner, but he would fight guys. You know, he would. And then as he got older, he'd be in bar fights and shit like that. So that's kind of how he was like he was known for that. You know what I mean?
0: So yeah, it was just basically like when you heard stories about 21s for whatever reason, this guy Forrest came up in a lot of stories. It was just a name right. that and everybody knew.
1: Well, that's that's for me personally, right? But I, the generation before me might have something different to say. You say, You know, like mm-hmm. maybe, you know, like Boy in him because that was that was more that was more his era. Like I'm I was younger than Forrest, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so maybe maybe during Boy's era there was there was more shootings or whatever it is, you know, but that's why I said like The name came out for something, you know, Hmm. and um, like as far as we knew, he wasn't known for that. But we still respected what it was. You know, we knew not to play with it. You know, we knew like if we seen this dude, it wasn't going to be like no easy pushover, you know. And so um, that was kind of how we approached it.
0: Interesting. I'm just trying to wrap my head around how street cred is built, you know, (laughs) like, like, yeah. Like yeah, I uh, mean, obviously, if a lot of people know you're out there shooting other people, that your name's gonna stick in people's heads. But beyond that, like, where do you get that street cred from?
1: Well, you, know? you can know you can be known for being just a tough guy, you know, just somebody who doesn't back down from people, who's willing, who's willing to do whatever, you know. Um And that that could be shooting too. It's just you you might be willing to shoot, but just you don't have a gun all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, so maybe he was one of them dudes, you know, but he was never willing to back down from nobody type deal, you know, because I know guys like that, too. So that has something to do
0: with it. And probably a big part of this is like the generation before you, Latin Kings, kind of just carried that name up to you guys. So you all knew who he was from those older Kings. And even though he wasn't really out there doing anything during your time, you just all knew this force guy because the people from the generation before you were, however you right. want to call it. And to it. be
1: fair, to be fair, like all the guys I was naming, that was like Forrest's generation. That was like the generation, that was the generation before me. That was like Forrest's generation, you know? So um, my generation, during my generation, that's why I said like, um, the two ones weren't really like known for being, trying to be gangbangers. You know, they would gangbang, but they were more about hustling. They were more about making money. And like, even like Chewy said, because they had such a big area over there to be in, they could be in their neighborhood whenever they wanted. You know, it wasn't like they had to worry about guys infiltrating their area over there, you know? So a lot of times they just stayed in their neighborhood.
0: And just did their thing. And, and they yeah, were good with that. Just did their
1: thing. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, um, so the last one, man, I saved this for last intentionally because I feel like <clears throat> this is probably the, the, the crew that got the most wins on us. And that's the Spanish Cobras we We were able to we were able to match their intensity as far as the war went when we were warring with cobras but effectiveness wise they were able to match what we were doing we might have we might have had more volume, but they had just as much significance and I mean that by obviously we lost black hat you know and he was killed by a cobra obviously like I said we've you know cali. Killed two Spanish Cobras, you know, you know, there's, there's, there's brothers that obviously Peaky, he killed the Cobra. And he was like a known Cobra. The guy Bambone, was, was like known on the South side. So, so we, we've, we, we've traded blows so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'll tip my cap to, to them as far as most consistent throughout the whole war. And they, they've always, and, and the, 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 the crazy part about it is there's different chapters to Spanish Cobras, too, different kinds, uh, so to speak. But but within each little chapter, there's there's guys that are willing to, uh, to get down like we did. And I mentioned Lando, right? Lando C., he's the one who we believe killed Black Cat. You know, we never know. I don't know. It's just a rumor mm-hmm. we heard, right? It's a pipe dream right now. But that was what we heard, right? And we kind of put two and two together and felt like that was the truth. And so <clears throat> you you got to mention him, right? But he, it wasn't like we had a long-standing war with him, right? That was a one-time incident where basically the bullet had had a mind of its own because he shot from down the block. It wasn't like we had an ongoing feud with the guy. So mm-hmm. noteworthy in a sense that Black Cat obviously we lost, but the one guy I always bring up, who I would always bring up because his name was always talked about, and he put in work on us, and that was the dude Joseon. Ocean was uh, he was a Cobra, <clears throat> I think, for a while, man. And um, he he was just he was relentless on us. He had a lot of he had he had some ballsy times. I remember one time we were all on Nineteenth Street, and when I say we were all, I mean this is in time when there was a lot of brothers out. Like I think even Dre was out. Dre was out there, yeah. So it was like me, Jay. Dre, you know, all the young guys, Monty, Joey, Poncho, Gucci, Black Cat, Junior. I mean, it it Tim, you know, everybody's out there. Mm-hmm. And um we we're, we're actually we're in different areas, right? So we're holding down different areas in 19th Street or the hood, which was which was weird because we didn't we weren't able to do that a lot. We didn't we weren't out there, but you know, I remember there was even like brothers from other chapters that were pulling up like, "Oh, you all out here?" like, you know, like just kind of summer night, you know. And so um, we got guns. Obviously, this is our neighborhood. We're holding it down and, and we're doing our thing. And sure enough, man, uh, I hear a gunshot. Pow! You know, it wasn't a lot of them. It was maybe one or two. And so we're just kind of waiting. We're trying to, you know, the, where I was at, we're trying to figure out what happened, what's going on. Now guys are getting a little nervous. Like, all right, should we probably take off? There's going to be cops coming around now. Cause, uh, and and Joey and uh, I think it was Joey and Fro ran over to us. Like, man, this dude Hoseon just shot at us. You know, he was down the block, but, but he shot at us. And, and, you know, yeah, down the block probably isn't significant, right? Like he wasn't, he, you know, I don't think his intention was to hit anybody at that time. But I think the point was just that all you guys are out in your neighborhood and I still came through here. You know, that That's was a level of, yeah, that was a level of, of, of ballsiness that that dude had, you know. Um, but, you know, to be fair, you know, we used to get him a lot too. You know, I mentioned, I mentioned before the one time we caught him on Greenfield when, when Toot first used that llama, it broke, but trust me, it got, it got the rounds off that it needed to, you Mm -hmm. know, four or five rounds, but he lit, he lit Hoseon up that night. You know, we just seen him in his car. He was just basic. We, we cut him off. That was one thing we, (laughs) it's crazy, man. Like the kind of mentalities that guys have that are in the street, like you know, you, you anticipate where a guy's going, right? Like you see him, oh, he's heading up, uh oh, he's heading up thirteen street and he's about to turn, you know, and you kinda anticipate and you 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 cut him off and sometimes you get lucky and you run right into him and you cut him and that's exactly what happened. We had cut him off and ended up right on twelfth and orchard and, and and lit him up right in front of the alley. He got heat, you know, obviously he he lost that battle. One time it was Lauren and Mondi and everybody's girl's house. Lauren had to Lauren had to I think he had the the he had like a Smith & Wesson on him, a nine, and he seen Hoseon driving on a mountain bike. Sure enough, you know, as soon as, as soon as Hoseon got close enough to him, you know, Lauren started shooting. Boom, 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 boom. And, you know, he kind of got away, he kind of got away. And, and then he got behind a car, you know, and he was, he was kind of basically out of sight. And, and Lauren ran out of shots. You know, and that's why I always tell you to save something for the run, right? I always say. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because Hoseon turned around and came back on the bike, and now he's shooting at them. He's got his own gun. And he had like a, Lauren was like, man, this dude had like a four or five or something. He's like, that shit was so loud, man, you know, compared to what he was just shooting a 9 at him, and he's shooting at Mondy, and now he was shooting at Mondi and Lauren, you know, obviously, and they got away, you know. So it, it that, that was a situation where, you know what I mean, it was like, First he could have died, and then they could have died, you know. And it's just that dude was always in the mix, man. He was always in the mix. Definitely to finish to finish it out on him is 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 worth it because uh, he was one of the guys that we always knew about, you know, during my era. You know, some guys that had gotten out of prison, or you know, they weren't privy to to certain individuals, you know, because everybody. They run into guys, They they might run into a certain individual more than others, you know. So like, like guys who me Tim, two, you know, Mindy Lawrence, like who who we constantly run into aren't going to obviously be the same guys that the Sawyers run into or the two threes run into or or I mean, don't get me wrong, they might cross paths with them, not as much as us because we're we're trying we're 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 playing a different game, if that makes sense, you know. Like we're we're on a whole different hunting level. And that's, that's how, that's how we looked at it. And those guys were on that same level, you know? So Mm -hmm. those guys are ducking and dodging just the same way we are, but eventually everybody pops their heads up out of the weeds, you know? And, and that's, that's when you get a chance. And so, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy to try to get back into that mindset and think about how it used to be and, you know, just how important it was just to be observant of everything around you and look at every face and say, oh, shit, is that somebody I know? Is that somebody I know? Or do I recognize him? Or, you know, is he got his hat broke off? Or, you know, just having mm-hmm. to calculate all those things in seconds, man, you know, within moments of arriving at a place or or stopping at a stoplight or anything, you know, these kind of individuals, you know, including myself, you know, we were the kind of guys that made you think twice. So, you know, once again, man, like I said, <clears throat> There's more from every gang that uh, that we definitely got into it with. I just I try to be, you know, kind of just guys that came off the top of my head. And I thought about, you know, you know, if anybody, if anybody wants to uh, chime in with a thought, or maybe any uh, any of the guys that that knew some of these guys, or however it is, man, you know how it is. You can always email in, and, and we can discuss it. We can talk about it. Obviously, I'm still trying to get guys who. We're part of other organizations to, to, to come on and let's talk about, you know, their growth and obviously push forward a, a positive message. But, you know, this was, this was a time for reflection and and kind of a time to, I guess, humble myself and show like, hey, listen, there was other guys out there. I think, I hope the uh, Patreon subscriber is, is uh, happy with this, <laughs> with this content that we gave him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think, I think for sure um, it was a good topic that he chose.
0: I'm curious with the Spanish Cobras. So you said by far Spanish Cobras was the one gang that you had the most run-ins with. Can you come up with it? Why was that? Do you do you feel like the Spanish Cobras were just more out there, more like you guys? Was it that their ter- territory was very close to you? Um, were they just by far the second biggest gang behind the Latin Kings at this time? Is there a reason why the controversy so- was so thick with
1: them? The Latin Kings weren't the biggest gang that that wasn't. Oh, what they made weren't. Us, okay, no, I'm sorry. No, no, that wasn't what made us dominant. And this is this is what I'll say about the Spanish Cobras is for a while it was the type of young men that were being recruited is what made the difference. Um, and that's that's what that's what I, I believe it was with the Spanish Cobras. They just had a higher standard for the kind of guys they were bringing in. You know, during a certain generation, they were they were really stringent. You know. I think I think the MPs um, a fair assessment is that they were just kind of they were taking anybody you know anybody who was who was Mexican or or you know at some point I guess it, it expanded past that but but really just you know there'd be immigrants just anybody who was for Brown Pride you know in the cause and and they claimed soreno and and so they they were really probably the largest gang um, during my era there was there was a lot of them mm-hmm. um, but you know numbers doesn't equate to um you know quality doesn't doesn't uh quantity doesn't doesn't relate to to quantity or whatever it is you know qual- quantity doesn't relate to quality so to speak so it, it, they had a bunch of guys but it wasn't like it wasn't like they were all hitters you know the spanish cobras they were they were more like us because they didn't have that many guys at one point in time but they had solid guys lf's weren't weren't really big in numbers either you know they had a few and that's why I said they had a few guys who were hitters and, and two ones had a lot of guys as well. But like I said, they were more known for, for, for drug dealing. So, mm-hmm. you know, same so thing, it, it was, big in numbers.
0: Go ahead. It, it sounds like it sounds like the Spanish Cobras were just kind of one of the, they were, they were a gang that was just structured more similar to the Latin Kings where, where they were, they were out there looking for a certain type of person that just kind of tended to the more to the violence. And it just led to more violence. It wasn't about numbers. It was just about the way, the type of people that they were recruiting.
1: Right. And, and like I said, there were different, uh, sex, sects of, of, uh, Spanish cobras. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call them chapters. I don't think they were united. They probably talked to each other, but it wasn't like they were having constant meetings with, with each other. But, but so within those, um there was like different levels of i guess um the quality right because there was like just plain uh some spanish cobras and we felt like those were like more like the younger guys not really well respected and then they had like um different uh the branch i think it was like a wild cobra um something like that it came from chicago and those ones were 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 violent right and then they had um Insane Spanish Cobras, those guys were violent, you know, so it just depended, like there was, there's different, you know, different little sects, but they had individuals in each of them.
0: Interesting. So, so basically they, they were like the Latin Kings chapters, but just not as coming together type deal. Right. Like they might not even have any communication with each other. Right. Right. Do you, do you know with that dynamic? Did more controversy break between these two different groups of of Spanish cobras? Like, were they having fights between them all the time, too, or was it just because you were considered one of these chapters or whatever you want to call it of Spanish cobras that they just kind of left all the other Spanish cobras away or alone? No,
1: nah, no, nah, you know, I think um, I think the mantra of of creating divisiveness it it was it was more in the Latin Kings wheel park than it was in other gangs meaning that um I think we look for reasons sometimes to be to be to be dicks for lack of a better term <laughs> man and, and 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 um even to our own kind bro and and I regret some of the ways I've treated brothers in the past you know um obviously hazing is one thing but you know I was an arrogant brother and and um sometimes I probably came off as such, you know, I was an acquired taste. And so, you know, I felt like that, that, that stigma sticks a little closer to us than it probably does to them. I don't feel like they really cared about, um, okay, you're cool. Well, they just probably looked at it like, okay, well, you're cool. You're a Cobra. Well, whatever. You're a Cobra. I don't care. Like Mm -hmm. you guys are over there. I'm over here. You know, it was never like that. I think, I think sometimes we used to look for reasons to be divisive. And and that, that was, that was stupid. You know, we were supposed to be united, but, uh, you know, that's what it that's that's what things turn into. Right. It's like all these all these uh, all these men. Right. And um, the egos are involved and everybody wants to be everybody wants their their feathers to to poke out the, the most. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think that was more. Man, I could be wrong. You know, I could be wrong. Maybe they did have issues within each other, um, <clears throat> but it didn't seem like it.
0: Like you never saw anything like that firsthand where you're like, well, these two, two sections are just at war with right. each other or whatever.
1: so Right. Okay. Yeah. No, it never happened. Interesting.
0: All right. Well, you got
1: anything else for this episode? Uh, no, nah, man. I think, um, I think that should do it. Um, like I said, I, I, I may have, I may have underrepresented a couple groups, you know, cause there's. There's other games, like I said, you know, I didn't I didn't probably individualize any SGD with the exception of Chuck D. That war wasn't really long-lived. Um the LPs, they weren't rivals. Um, but uh there was never really who anybody who who was known for like being a gunner or being out there like that. Uh the unknowns, no. Um, you know, wasn't at least not during my era. So nah man, I feel like I represented the 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 people that were really, really the core, si- people. The, the groups. Yeah. The groups yeah. that were significant during my era. And, you know, it's no slight to anybody else, but we're just talking about, um, when I was around. So, yeah, yeah, I think that's good, bro. I think, um, I think this is a good topic and, uh, maybe I could revisit with some more names at some point in the future. Yeah. I, I think that
0: for a random talk topic offered up by a get thing, by a yeah. Patreon member, this was an outstanding topic. So, so we thank him for that, awesome. and um, we're gonna we're gonna give Berto's, uh vocal cords a little bit of rest now because you you sound you sound better. Like it's yeah. almost like maybe we should podcast for like thirteen hours in a row because it sounds like your voice is getting better the further we go. But
1: <laughs> yes, cough, cough drops are helping, man. <laughs> yeah. Cough drops are helping. So,
0: but we'll wrap this episode up. Um, for anybody that was listening that heard Berto was kind of referencing to a couple times about Tommy guns and stuff like that and um, if you're wondering about that we have started releasing I don't know if we ever actually mentioned that we we're going to be doing this on the podcast but we have started releasing character profiles of different people that existed in your time on the Patreon so if anybody is interested in hearing those stories about a specific character we're we've got what what we got two characters up right now we're working on more but eventually hopefully we'll get through the bulk of people that was around during their time so you can always check that out you can find that at patreon.com slash normalized crime and um, as always we do have an If you do have questions, comments, anything like that, you can reach out to us at normalizedcrime at gmail.com, and we will be back next week with another episode. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Thanks for tuning in to Normalized Crime. Stay tuned for the next episode.